Hello and welcome to another episode from the Kamara Education Island podcast. My name is James Lockwood and I'm joined again by Orna Mulhern. We're recording this on the 24th of February, uh, the day after an announcement was made by the government that schools will slowly be hopefully going back to face-to-face teaching uh, with the hopes that next Monday various groups in primary school and sixth years will be going back into face-to-face learning and the rest of the school students to be integrated back in as restrictions allow and as it becomes clear that it's safe to do so. So we want to talk a bit today about some of the skills and the the new tools and knowledge that teachers have been gaining in the last year as they've been engaging in remote and distance learning and how we can take those and use them in the classroom instead. This is known as blended learning um, and it's something that has been quite popular in the last few years anyway, but it's something that hopefully this situation will allow more teachers to get involved with. So Orna, tell us a bit about blended learning. What is it and why do we at Kamara think it's a, a really good model to use? Thanks, James. So when we talk about blended learning, we're referring to a situation where students, for the most part, are in that traditional face-to-face environment, but they are also engaging with online material and technology to aid their learning. So as teachers would know that there's been a huge drive towards blended learning over the last few years, and this was reflected with various strategies and frameworks released by the Department of Education and Skills. Obviously, we've been in a situation and we still are currently as we're recording where schools have been engaging in distance learning. So that face to face environment, unfortunately, hasn't been available. And we know that teachers and students have been obliged to rely for the most part on online materials to facilitate their teaching and learning. So what we're going to be talking about in today's episode are the different tools that teachers may have been using in this distance learning environment but which will still be relevant and they'll still be effective when they're back in that more traditional face-to-face environment, hopefully soon, and they will then be able to engage in that blended learning approach. So blended learning is so popular because it is has been shown to be very impactful for students. As we know, students are what we call digital natives. They are using technology in their day-to-day lives. And there's a move now for educators to be using technology to engage students and to make their learning relevant for that digital world that they are currently part of and that will remain the world that our students live in as they grow up. Yeah, it's really encouraging to think that we don't have to take everything that we've learned in the last year and we've seen in Kamara and I'm sure teachers listening and educators listening have experienced there's been so much upskilling um, and professional development around technology and using that um, in a remote and distance setting that but the skills that people have been learning they don't have to be dropped at the door as we walk into schools they can be used so uh, what are some of the the tips that you would have for integrating this new knowledge and the new skills teachers have with technology and students have with using the technology into the face-to-face classroom. Yeah, following on from that, James, I think it's really important to acknowledge the huge upskilling that teachers have engaged with over the last um, over the last 12 months, I suppose. And it is really exciting to see how that new knowledge is being put into place at the moment in this distance learning model. And there really is so much opportunity to take that learning into the face-to-face um, classroom. So what we've seen is working really, really well for teachers is that idea of content being delivered asynchronously. So what we mean by that is that content is being released to students, actual facts and um, that kind of grammar points, for example, or history points is being released to students in advance. For example, at the moment, that's being done 
perhaps in pre-recorded videos. And then when teachers are meeting their students in an online class, those classes are now quite interactive and students are, are um, reacting to that content and maybe um, working together to prepare an assignment or to prepare main points of the essay that they're going to write or, or um, I suppose they are are using the content that they've been shared that, that their teacher has shared with them and um, to create something new so that's a perfect model for this blended learning that we've referred to what ideally we'll see and what teachers can be using when they go back to this face-to-face -face situation is that content can still be shared with students in advance of a class so instead of releasing the factual information and and those grammar points and the history points whatever it may be in the actual class itself we could get towards the idea of that flipped classroom so content is being released in advance of that class to students for example you're using your digital platform be it seesaw or microsoft teams or google class or whatever it might be to give that content to students and using the class then for collaboration among students so different examples of what that content might look like it might be links to articles and um, that might be relevant for your subject links to teacher created resources teachers may have created documents or PDFs themselves and put notes together. Really lovely work that's available online and quite easy for teachers to access are different videos. So for example, science documentaries, there's geography documentaries are all available on YouTube, the same for any subject really. Or indeed, we've, as I've mentioned, we've seen that teachers have really upskilled in creating their own videos. So teacher produced videos as well, screencasted videos work really well released in class and then when students meet face to face that there's collaboration happening then. I think it's great to think that again all that pre-recorded content that teachers perhaps have been using in the last sort of 12 months doesn't have to go to waste it can be used in a in just in a different way to complement what they're doing in the classroom and so if we're encouraging teachers to think about moving away from all the content delivery happening in the classroom at the flipped classroom getting students to engage in a different way with their learning, collaborating while in class. What are some ways that technology and perhaps the technology the teachers have been using already um, in the last year, how can that help with that flipped classroom idea? There's so many options available. Um, I'm just going to touch on a couple in, um, in today's uh, episode, James. So what's a really lovely idea is if we're releasing content in advance to students and if we're now getting students to create something new with that content or collaborate together while they're in front of us in the classroom, that teachers can monitor that work that's being done with the online tools that are available to them. So for example, if we're talking about live assessment, we can look at the likes of students using online whiteboards so that teachers can see what students are working on. So. To take an example, there's a lovely little website called whiteboard.fi. Students can each be given their own online whiteboard, and this can replace the idea of a laminated whiteboard that students might have used to date or the likes of the green, orange and red traffic lights that they would have had on their desks before, perhaps. And they can instantly give feedback to teachers. How are they getting on? Do they understand the point? Are they working well in their groups? Give me a, a green whiteboard, an orange whiteboard, a red whiteboard, um, and teachers can see that. It could be that they're responding to a particular question. So, you know, students might be working 
perhaps individually or in a group, you give them a time frame, five minutes, seven minutes, and the teachers say, right, I want you to tell me the answer to that question and write the answer, either type it or, or write it using a stylus or whatever on that online whiteboard. What's lovely is that teachers can see everyone's whiteboard at the same time. COVID-wise, it gets away from the reliance on the physical um, materials, such as the laminated whiteboards or that. Another use for it could be, um, for example, for longer assignments or for project work that um, students might be brainstorming. So again, it can be used individually or in group work that you can say, instead of using a kind of a physical copy, say, right, guys, collaborate on the on the online whiteboard, jot down your ideas for the essay you're going to write or for the project you're going to put together, the poster you're going to put together over the next couple of weeks. And teachers can see that instantly as well. They can all obviously be saved as well. So they can be referred to in future classes as well. Also a really nice way to develop students' digital skills. So not to just leave the digital skills that they've been de developing at the, the school gate that um, those digital skills can continue to be developed within the school building as well. That's great. Yeah, I think the idea that they can be saved and stored and referred back to by, by the teacher and by the students is a really positive step for moving away from the physical whiteboard perhaps that teachers may um, be fond of. And I think that's a really good point about the digital skills that students have been learning because whilst they may be more comfortable with technology in their day-to-day -day life than some teachers they've been using it in a completely different way in the last year um, and they've been using it more directly with their schoolwork. Some schools will be in different places, some teachers and classes will be in different places, but it's important to know that those skills can be used and will be used as they progress in life, whether going into third level or whether going into the workforce, that if we can give them those skills now, which we this year has forced us to do in a different way, then they can take those um, moving on and that they will benefit from those, not just in the classroom with us today. So whiteboards is one really good uh, tool that we'd recommend. You have another one, I think, for more online assessment tools that teachers should take a look at. Yeah, so there's some really lovely tools available for assessment for that perhaps more summative assessment that teachers might um, might be doing with their students. So just to keep it specific for today's episode, James, we'll look at Microsoft Forms and Google Forms. These are really lovely tools for creating, or excuse me, for collecting any sort of data, ones we use quite a lot in our own work. But um, in terms of teachers using them with students, they can be used for, for example, mid-class check-ins to check students' assignments or indeed for exit tickets. So, for example, teachers can create these in advance and indeed on site within the class, depending on how long they want what they want the forms to be. What's lovely about both of the forms that I've mentioned, Microsoft and Google, there's different types of questions that can be asked, meaning that students will have different types of answers that they can submit. So it could be a multiple choice. It could be that students are um, encouraged to write a short answer themselves, a paragraph answer. You can attach images to um, two different questions. So, you know, it could be in, in a language classroom. It could be, what does this word mean? And have different, uh, different images that a student can pick. Or, you know, um, when students are asked to submit their own text, it makes that a little bit more challenging for them. And you're moving um, along Bloom's taxonomy there. They can be released within the class to check that assessment as we go, to check that understanding as we go. Or indeed, they can be used as exit tickets. So um, ideas would be that it, 
you could do a three, two, one at the end of a session, you leave five, seven minutes at the end of class, for example, you say um, three things you've learned about today's topic, two things you may want to know more about, one thing you still, still are lacking clarification on or lacking understanding on. And what's lovely then is that teachers can use that information to plan ahead. So whether they use a form for a mid-class check-in or whether they use it as an exit ticket, a teacher can instantly respond and plan accordingly to what the next stage of their, of their um, teaching will be. What's brilliant about these two platforms is that they tend to tie in with the platform that a school is using. So if a school is using the Google Workspace platform or if the school is using a Microsoft platform, the responses to these forms will be saved instantly on that teacher's drive can be referred back to and indeed can be re-released, excuse me, the forms can be reused again. So you can do it with class A on, on a certain Monday and do it with class A on the following Monday and see the difference in, in responses and to see the progression in learning there as well. Very, very simple, easy to use tools. And again, tying in with the platform that's in place at the school really makes it very easy to plan then with the different apps that are available in those platforms as well. Yeah, that's great. I think it's important to note that the things we're talking about today, they aren't just there for the sake of them. We're not just promoting technology, but that they actually will help your practice because they'll allow you to have access to things after the class, perhaps that you didn't in the case of whiteboards or the analytics tools that the forms have built into them just make it really powerful and easy for you to see an overview of the class as well as drilling down a bit deeper into individual student responses that, that may have taken you more time if you get them to fill something out on paper. Um, and so they're not just there as a gimmick, they're something that's already happening in the class, but that technology can improve upon um, if you use it that way. If teachers are looking to use these tools, how does it work when students maybe have different devices, laptops, computers, even phones? What would you recommend? Is there any issues teachers should be aware of or do they work smoothly across all the platforms? Yeah, so the good thing about everything we've mentioned today, James, is that they're all usable on any internet-enabled um, device. So whether students are accessing um, these things on a phone, on a tablet, um, a laptop, a desktop computer, all of what we've mentioned today will be usable. Sometimes there's little issues that can arise. Um, for example, a phone might force you to use an app rather, or, or might encourage you to use an app and access the Play Store or the App Store, whatever it might be. When or if that issue arises, best thing is to just try to access something using an internet browser and, and go from there. But certainly, like I said, everything we've mentioned today is accessible via any internet enabled device. That's great. And I think we'd encourage teachers to, to give it a go. And if they find the hardware is a barrier, then you can maybe adapt it um, to suit your context better. You know your students and you know what you have in the classroom or what they'll have available in the classroom. And so you can adjust these uh, tools and these ideas to suit your purposes. So I think this will just be the first of a number of conversations I imagine we have in the coming weeks about integrating technology into the classroom now that we're hopefully looking forward to being back in the classroom. So this is just the beginning and we'd love you to get in touch if you have any ideas or any thoughts about how you've used technology in the classroom previously, whether you're in primary school, secondary school, third level working in informal education. We'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us via email podcast at kamara.ie or you can find us on Twitter at Kamara Island and you can send us a message and let us know what you're doing and what we'll share that with, with our listeners. And it'd be great to have as much input from educators as possible. Also, if there's any topics or any 
ideas that you want us to look at and talk about, we're happy to take suggestions as well. So please do send those on and we'll take the time and, and talk through those in a future episode as well. Thanks, Orna, for sharing those tips today. Thanks, James. It's been a pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you next time.